Welcome to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host once again, Bo Smolka, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And we are finally at the regular season. Training camp is over. The roster has been cut. And week one game against the New York Jets is just a few days away. Before we get into that game, I want to remind everyone that Raven Believe in the Ravens is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-the-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, golf, and even esports. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today for your and to use your mobile device. Join with your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five O to receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. The game starts this weekend. Daniel Wilcox, the Ravens at the New York Jets in New Jersey. And after this training camp, the players have been there six weeks. They have grinded through everything. There have been roster cuts. And now this game is five days away, four days away. Daniel Wilcox, what is the mood like in that locker room this week? It's electric, Bo. These guys are so excited, man. Like I, I, all I can think about, you know, from my rookie year to my last year, my ninth year in the league, I mean, it was such a different, you know, set of emotions for me, man. But, I mean, I could just remember – you know, just putting on the socks, you know, getting ready, you know, putting the jock strap on, putting the, you know, your pants on and and just really just these vivid moments of just anxiousness, you know, like butterflies in the stomach, you know, going back and forth to the bathroom. You kind of got a little bit of diarrhea because just your nerves are high, you know, but it's such a adrenaline rush just knowing that you're about to go play this game. And this this is probably the most exhilarating feeling that you have had as a human being, you know, being dressed out, putting on those uniforms, put on those colors, knowing you're going out to represent a whole city, a whole state. And, um, and you're going to go fight for every fan, you know, every fan that you've ever signed an autograph for every kid that you've missed every mom or dad or, or uncle or auntie that, that, that grew up bleeding these colors and wearing Raven colors and buying your jerseys. And you know, you're going to see a uniform in the stands because you've worked, you've worked and you've earned it. And, Man, it's just it's such it's such an exhilarating feeling, man. Like I can remember being in the locker room next to Deion Sanders, you know, my first year as a Raven, and watching him like kind of lay his uniform on the ground like a kid in high school. Man, it's so funny, just all these little Justin moments. Tucker still does that to this day. He always has a laces uniform top to bottom in front of his locker every night before the game. They call them pregame rituals, bro. You know, you know, it's, it's a ritual. Once you start it, you can't never stop, right? So it's like these guys have, you know, they, you know, Tucker, Tucker, your D. I guess that's why they played so great. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have <laughs> laid my uniform down. I don't know, but this Ravens team, they feel good about what they have, but I will say they've got a lot of questions still. And let's get into this Ravens team a little bit. They face a New York Jets team that we'll also get into shortly. They were 4-13 and 13 last year, but the feeling in New York is this is a team on the rise. But let's talk about the Ravens first. And one of the biggest questions facing this Ravens team is John Harbaugh flipped the script this summer, and he did not play any of his starters virtually at all the entire preseason. Lamar Jackson didn't play a snap. Mark Andrews, Marlon Humphrey, Calais Campbell, Patrick Queen, Rashad Bateman. You go down the list. Nearly every projected starter has not played a snap this preseason. Now they go to week one and they'll be it'll be it'll be live. 
Is there any concern from you, Daniel Wilcox, that none of these people have played? Is this just like riding a bike? You do it. You've done it forever. You've done it every day in practice. No worries. Or do you have any concern about the fact that they haven't played at all? Um, I think there'll be some rust that needs to be knocked off just because they haven't been live in the game and, you know, and going at each other like that for a while. But I mean, you're playing against a new team. So every week, you know, it's like you've never played before, you know. So I just think to me it's 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 not necessarily like riding a bike because football is so technical. It's so it's so it's so much of a mental sport, you know, but I can guarantee you these guys have had a, like 100 plus reps at each play they're about to run you know, a hundred plus reps in practice, you know? So whether it's the first game, whether it's the second game, fourth or fifth game, you know, they're going to come out and they're still going to look like the Baltimore Ravens. There's, you know, you can't replace the players. These guys have been playing this game for a long time. If you took me out right now and put me in the game right now, and you know, of course I would look like trash. I haven't worked out. I haven't trained. I haven't studied a playbook. I don't know the plays. I'll be asking the quarterback, Lamar, what, what, what is it? What I got on this play? <laughs> you know, every, every single rep, mm-hmm. you know, but these guys have ran these plays a hundred plus times, you know, already. I mean, they literally take a sheet and, and, and give you a spreadsheet every single day for practice and with every single play mm-hmm. call that's going to be on there. And they have a system now, um, now that generates every single thing, every single time you, you ran the play in practice, you know, whether or not Lamar hit the tight end in flats, whether he threw the ball in the middle of the field, whether he threw it deep, every single play is broken down like that right now. So they could tell you how many times they ran that play, how many times Lamar threw the ball to his left, how many times he threw the ball to his right, how many times he got pressure in practice, you know, and that generates exactly, you know, the stats. So they know they've ran, you know, let's say, let's say doubles right, um, boot double right, um, 26 power boot left. You know what I'm saying? They knew they've ran double right, 26 power boot left 157 times. Lamar ball to the tight end 95% of the time. And then he hit the crossing route, the deep, the deep post over, you know, to Bateman, you know, 10 times. And then he's dumped it off to the, you know, the flat, the tight end and the flat Mark Andrews three times on that play. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they would know that already. Mm-hmm. They know Isaiah likely has caught 10 passes on that. And they, and they'll actually start to put plays in and tag you on them. Like, you know, all right, boot ref, you know, get the ball to Wilcox, you know, so they, he, Lamar already knows, you know, so this team runs cover three, this team runs cover two, this team run a bunch of two man, you breaking down every single thing. It's such a technical sport. And a lot of people probably even know what that stuff means. You know, those, those coverages, those are all coverages for the secondary, the five guys in the backfield on the defensive side of the ball. We're always trying to figure out what those guys are doing, you know, the safeties, the corners, and then we're running our pass plays based off what we can beat them at and we know in third down they're going to go to cover three if we go to trips right or trips left we know they're going to they know we know they're going to roll the safeties and go down to cover three this guy's going to be in the flats these three guys got deep thirds and we're going to try to run the best play possible to set us up for greatness and that's what this stuff is done now um the thing that every team i think the ravens might have been the first team to start it you know they hired a guy just for analytics he's freaking phenomenal he's one of my favorite guys you know this mm-hmm. this analytics stuff nowadays is so technical that it's hard for teams to to be better than you, you know. Like if you don't have an analytics guy, you you're you're in the stone ages right now. You know what I'm saying? So the analytics is what kind of tells you what plays to run, which plays are best to run, when, where, and how. Well, John Harbaugh will often lean on analytics, and and he was one of the first to go to the will frequently go on fourth and short and say the analytics always support it, and so that that, that he they have leaned on analytics a lot. But let's get to Lamar Jackson because. Of course, this team once again is going to probably going to go as far as Lamar Jackson takes it. 
there was so much talk this spring and summer about Lamar Jackson and his contract. And Jackson sat out the uh, voluntary OTAs in the spring, but he came back from minicamp. He hasn't, I don't believe, missed a practice this summer. He's looking 10, 15 pounds heavy. He looks good. And he seems to be totally focused. He has said that the contrast extension talks for him would, there is a deadline and he implied it was the start of the regular season. So that's coming up this week. So if the contract does not get done this week, we can presume that it won't get done until after the season, but that is something to be seen. But on the field with Lamar Jackson, having not played all summer or having not played in any training camp games, as he takes the field for week one, Daniel Wilcox, what are you looking for him? What are you looking for from him right off the bat that says to you, this is the MVP Lamar Jackson and not the Lamar Jackson that frankly struggled down the stretch last season? You know, Lamar is such a dynamic player, Bo. Like, I, I, to me, last year, he didn't struggle at all. I know the numbers weren't where you wanted him to be, but he lost his entire O-line. He lost all his running backs. He lost half his receivers. You know, he lost his tight end, Nick Boyle. You know, he lost half the team. You know, who can't struggle? Who doesn't struggle in a situation like that in late in the, That's late a fair in the year? Point. You know, so it's like when you when you're, when you're you drop back as a quarterback, you gain comfort knowing that those five guys up front got your back and they're going to protect you. So when you line up and there's five new guys that you've never played with before, anybody would be nervous. The man was running for his life. You know, how do you expect his numbers to be high if he's running for his life every single play? Yeah, the man can run. I mean, he's special. He's different. But it's a different thing from running and running for your life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's two different things. You know, so in my mind frame, I just want to see Lamar be mature. You know, <clears throat> just control his team, control the offense. It's as a receiving tight end my entire career, there's no greater feeling than lining up at tight end and about to run a route and knowing that every single time I run the route, if I get open, I might get the ball. And to mm-hmm. me, Lamar is one of those special guys. I've only felt it once in my career, and that's when um Steve McNair was there. You know, when Steve McNair came to Baltimore, I felt like, oh, my God, we got Steve McNair. So those guys got to be like, oh, my God, dude, we got Lamar Jackson. It's 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 a sense of comfort that you have as a player to know that when you got somebody special at the quarterback spot, every all 11 positions are, are, are super important. This is the ultimate team sport. But it's something that you get. And I, I don't know exactly what the word is for it, but it's, there's a mm-hmm. sense of comfort you get as a player on offense when you know you got a guy. And it's not just offense. Defensive guys have the same mindset we have when it comes to having a great QB. There's a sense of comfort you know that no matter what we do, we're going to be in this game. We're going to have a chance to win because of that guy. He's going to put us in that situation because of your, your Aaron Rodgers, your, your Tom Brady's. Like, like remember the Super Bowl and Wes Welker? Well, of course, I remember. I'm, I'm Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. But the Falcons and, and Wes Welker go up to Brady tomorrow. This is going to be an epic comeback. You know, I'm not worried because he knows he got Tom Brady, right? That's exactly the sense of comfort that a Lamar Jackson gives you. Like, they became known last year as a second-half team, a comeback team in the fourth quarter. You know, beginning of the – don't forget now, like, he won four or five games. He came back from, you know, being down in the fourth quarter last year. That's how phenomenal he was playing, you know. And then all he loses all his key guys, and all of a sudden he's scrambling for his life. And people forget that the guy made the team be known as a comeback team all of a sudden, you know. So that's what the, that's the sense of comfort that you get. Mm-hmm. And the prime example, I don't know if you watched my college last this past weekend, App State playing UNC, mm-hmm. right? You know, 
that's the that's the same exact thing. It's the exact same situation. That team has been winning for so long. App State has been winning for so long. They don't go into any situation thinking they can lose. And that's exactly what Lamar Jackson gives you. And this, you can't, it's peace of mind. It's peace of mind. That's what I wanted to say. Peace of mind, Bo. You cannot put a value on peace of mind, knowing that this guy is going to give you a chance to win this game because he's Lamar Jackson. Well, they win a lot more than they lose with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. There's no question about that. Let's talk about this injury situation because it is significant and the Ravens still don't know quite what they'll have yet. And you talked about that offensive line. One of the big stories this summer has been Ronnie Stanley, all pro left tackle, who's been out for a year, finally returned to practice this past week. The injury reports will come out this week. I don't see any way he plays this weekend because he literally has practiced maybe twice. I remember listening to Eric DaCosta last spring explaining with regret how they miscalculated with Ronnie Stanley last year, rushed him back. He got re-injured and they lost him for the whole year. He might show up on the injury report as questionable. I don't think there's any way he plays this weekend. A couple other guys to watch, J.K. Dobbins. You talked about the running game. J.K. Dobbins has been practicing, and I think he will be in uniform, and I think Marcus Peters will be in uniform. If I had to predict, I think Peters will end up starting and probably play more snaps than Dobbins. I think Dobbins isn't quite as far back as Peters, but again, we don't get to see all of practice nowadays just looking at how they're moving I do think Dobbins will play and Dobbins, but again, you've also got Mike Davis. Now you've added Kenyon Drake. You've got other running backs who will be in there. And if Dobbins plays eight to 10 snaps and shows a little pop, I think that's what they're looking for him in this first game. But I don't expect Stanley to play. I do expect Dobbins and Peters to play. And then of course, Tyus Bowser and Gus Edwards were placed on the pup list. So they're out for four games. And those are kind of the main key season ending injuries that they were still monitoring heading into this season. All right, let's look at this New York Jets team. Again, they went 4-13 and last year. They gave up the most points in the league, but it feels like it's a team on the rise. Their general manager, Joe Douglas, uh, was in the front office with the Ravens. They feel like they're building something, but this being New York, there's not ever, ever going to be a lot of patience. And coming off a 4-13 and year, they expect more this year. They had three First round draft picks. If you remember, they drafted Sauce Gardner with the number four overall pick, a cornerback out of Cincinnati. And I expect we will see him matched up on Rashad Bateman a lot. They drafted Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver out of Ohio State. And then late in the first round, they picked up edge rusher Jermaine Johnson from Florida State and who had gone to Georgia. And a lot of Ravens fans were hoping the Ravens would get after Jermaine Johnson. And they they had two chances for Jermaine Johnson and they passed on him both times. So Jermaine Johnson ends up in New York, and it will be very interesting to see if Jermaine Johnson is a factor against a Ravens offensive line that probably will be missing Ronnie Stanley. Of course, the big question in New York all week, and really for the last few weeks, was would it be Zach Wilson or would it be Joe Flacco at quarterback against the Ravens? And now we know Jets uh, coach Robert Sala announced on Wednesday that Zach Wilson will not be able to play probably for three to four weeks, and so it will indeed be Joe Flacco facing off against the Baltimore Ravens, and what a story that will be. Flacco, of course, spent his first 11 seasons in Baltimore, won a Super Bowl MVP in Baltimore, and then left Baltimore after the Lamar Jackson era began here in Baltimore. But let's go back and look at Joe Flacco's Baltimore career. Now, a lot of fans may not realize this, but Joe Flacco's first touchdown of his career 
was actually a run, and it was a run of 38 yards. Still, still the longest run of Joe Flacco's career. But his first touchdown pass was a four-yard pass at Pittsburgh to a tight end named Daniel Wilcox. So, Daniel Wilcox, I have to ask you, do you remember the play? I absolutely do, but I had to go back and do a little research, man, to kind of, you know, familiarize myself with it. But after watching it again, like it's the picture that I see on all over like social media and all over the internet. It's that picture of me catching the ball in the corner of the end zone against Troy Palomalu. Um, but I, I remember going in that game and I remember just um, freaking Coach Cameron putting in this jumbo packet. You know, we put um we put Adam Terry at one of the tight ends. Me and Todd Heat was at the other two tight ends. And then we had Lorenzo Neal at fullback and Leron McLean at tailback. It was like the biggest package I've ever seen. I think I was the smallest guy on the, on the field at the time. I was backside by myself at tight end on the left-hand side. And I ran a corner out to the back of the end zone. And the players disguised it looked like a run, like a play-action pass type thing. So, um, Palomalu had me one-on-one. I, I knew it was cover one, cover zero, right, right, no, right off rip. You know, so I knew he had me man to man as soon as he came down the line. He bit on the run fake just enough for me to just kind of give him a quick low move to his right and then slip him to his left or slip him to his right, my left. And um, and I put my foot in the ground, ran to the corner. Flacco threw a dime, man, to the back corner of the end zone. And I just ran and caught it over my head and with two hands and secured it. Um, Double tapped my feet in the end zone and. And got my boy Flacco on the on the board. I remember spinning the ball, doing my dance, and grab going to get the ball out there, finish spinning, to make sure that he was able to keep that ball. Um, and I threw the ball over to our equipment manager, Ed Carroll, at the time, and um, and told Flacco, "I got you, brother. I got you." And I, I had to stay out there for the the two point conversion. So, um, but it was pretty cool, man. I went over to the sideline, gave him a big hug, man. Told him congratulations and stuff like that, man. He's such a he was such a young kid, man, at the time, fresh out of college. You know, it was that old Delaware to App State thing. I said, it's only it's only fitting, man. You know, you lose to the national championship, you know, the year before you come out to the NFL to App State, and then you throw your first touchdown pass to an App State guy, right? <laughs> well, that's very good. So he got you. So you made sure he got the ball after that play. Yeah, he got the ball. I got a dummy copy. So they gave me another game uh-huh. ball that wasn't the official ball, but he asked the official ball. I wanted to make sure that he – like those things that you take for granted, like you throw so many of them, you know, as a quarterback and you take for granted, like your first ever thrown ball, you know, you didn't even, you weren't even thinking about it. You were just so freaking happy and caught up in the moment. I don't even think he thought twice about the ball. Mm-hmm. I grabbed the ball because I already knew you know, at that point, like I was like, man, this is a really special moment for him. he'll never need to forget this, you know, so I wanted to make sure he got it. He he got it, and he threw a lot more touchdowns in his career with the Baltimore Ravens. But now he goes to New York, and it's his second stint with the Jets, in fact. But now they know he will be starting against the Ravens on Sunday. And we talked to a few of the players yesterday after practice. The way the NFL turns lineups over, there aren't even that many players who have even played with Flacco in Baltimore. We were joking with Kyle Hamilton yesterday, the Ravens' first-round draft pick. He was 11 years old when Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. 11. But hum- Humphrey has played. Chuck Clark played. These guys were on the practice field with Flacco for a couple of years before Flacco left. And Marlon Humphrey said yesterday, look, we know Joe's got a big arm. He always has and he always will. He can make all the throws. We know Joe Flacco has weapons in New York. I mean, he's got Corey Davis, who was one of their big free agent signings last year, who was hurt and missed several games last year. But he's back. They've got Braxton Berrios, they've got Elijah Moore, and we mentioned 
They've got a first-round draft pick, a top-10 draft pick, and wide receiver Garrett Wilson. And they also have tight end C.J. Uzama, who was a longtime nemesis with the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's there as well. One thing about the Jets, though, is they've lost their big tackle, Mekhi Becton, again for the entire season. And that could be a huge factor, especially when we watch Adafi Owe just be so destructive this summer on the practice fields. So Owe could be primed for a big game. But in general, Daniel Wilcox, with those weapons and with this New York offense and Joe Flacco's skill set, what is the key to defending Flacco? Um, I think the key is, is just kind of get him off rhythm. You know, you, if you could figure out a way to keep him off rhythm where he don't get into a rhythm passing scheme, because he's a rhythm passer. You know, once he starts to flow a little bit, you know, get a little confidence, he, he hit guys in stride. You know, he's deadly accurate with the ball, and he has a phenomenal deep ball. I think that's probably one of his best throws. You know, you, I think you play, you know, maybe cover four, you know, anything to keep guys over the top, cover four, cover three. Um, even if you go man, you got to at least have one or two deep. So maybe a two version of man or something like that. But, you know, once they go to the three by one sets, you know, you got to go into some form of three high or something like that. So you can get somebody extra down into the box to cover that slot receiver. But I, I think to me, um, applying pressure, you need a way to have a big game. You know, anytime you apply pressure, you, 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 you disrupt that rhythm. And there's so many things that can go wrong. And I used to tell, I used to tell people this all the time, but as a tight end, like it's one of those, those positions where there's 200 things that could go wrong before the actual ball comes to you in the right spot, in the right place. You know, you got to run the right route. You got to be able to get off the line of scrimmage. The quarterback has to receive the snap without fumbling it. You know, um, it, the center has to hear the call. The O-lineman got to stay on sides. The D, they got to get the, the D-lineman hands down so they don't tip the ball. But when it comes out of the quarterback's hand, it's, you know, it's so many different things that, that are factors for a tight end or a receiver to be successful every time the ball is thrown. You know, and, and it's and it's all about timing. The quarterback has to throw the ball. Sometimes he got to throw you open. You're not you're not open. He got to throw you open. And Joe's one of those guys that can do that. You know, he's a veteran, a savvy veteran, and you know he's going to have a little bit of chip on his shoulder. I think for this game, it's gonna it's gonna be a little. It's gonna be one for the books for him. You know, he definitely want to come out and put his best foot forward. He want the Ravens to know that he still had juice when they let him go, and you know they should have kept him in Baltimore and stuff. I don't care how good Lamar Jackson is. That's kind of where his mindset would be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but um. It should be a pretty fun game from him. He's very familiar with the Ravens defense and he should know exactly where the holes are since he went against them in practice every day, you know, for the most part of his career. Well, they'll have Marcus Peters back, we think. Marcus Peters is limited in practice this week, but he's looked pretty good on the practice field. And if I had to bet, I think Marcus Peters will play. Of course, Marlon Humphrey will be back. They've got Kyle Fuller now. They've got Marcus Williams at safety and they've got the rookie Kyle Hamilton Chuck Clark, you've got Brandon Stevens. It's a, it's a deep, healthy, for now, secondary that uh, Flacco will be going against. But there will be a lot of good matchups on that field, wide receivers and tight ends against these Ravens defense. Overall, Daniel Wilcox, two to three keys to the game for the Ravens. The Ravens win this game if what? The Ravens win this game if they control two phases of the game, Bo. So we used to always look at um, offense, defense, and special team as three phases. Uh, in this game... If you could figure out a way to win at least two of those phases, you win. You know, so if the Ravens could figure out how to win maybe defense and special teams or offense and special teams um, and get back to playing Baltimore Raven football, you know, healthy Baltimore Raven football where they're creating turnovers on defense and maybe get you a touchdown or here or two on special teams or defense. And then the Ravens offense can put together at least 21, 28 points, which Lamar and company has been known to kind of, you know, put some serious numbers up. 
You know, so I, I think I think they can win this game, man. I think it's a very winnable game for them. The Jets is still a but they still a building franchise, and I think they got some studs over there. I think they did a heck of a job in the draft this year. You know, so it's going to really come down to you know how prepared Baltimore is, and you know, whether or not they come out and play like a Raven, the way Harbaugh's always you know preached and and put out there, man. Uh, but if they can figure out a way to win two phases of this game, because special teams to me is always like maybe the underrated phase. John Harbaugh yeah. doesn't sleep on special teams a long time. Yeah. Special teams coach. And let's face it, exactly. the Ravens go into almost every single game with a special teams edge because they have the best kicker in the game. Kicker. That's just Absolutely. the way it is. And and I know there's yeah. more to special teams than kicking. You've got to return punch. You've got to cover punch. You've got to cover kicks and all of that. But if it comes down to a close game, they know they have a kicker weapon that no other team can match. And so that is always a huge right. thing for them. They come in as a seven-point favorite. I personally expect this game to be closer than that, but I think if the Ravens execute the way they want, they win the game. Of course, this the biggest challenge I see coming for this Ravens team is, again, we talked about it earlier, finding their stride quickly for a lot of guys who have not played a snap in the preseason, but they feel good about where they're at. We'll see about the health of Stanley and Dobbins and Peters, especially but I think the Ravens facing Joe Flacco is a storyline that we could not have predicted, and it's it's going to be exciting. And I agree with you. I think Joe Flacco will be – people think he has this Joe cool, stoic attitude. He is mm-hmm. fiercely, fiercely competitive. Super. And I guarantee you he is going to be fired up for this game, even though it may not show outwardly. Um, there will be a lot of fire brewing in him to face the Ravens in this game and the season opener. All right, so that's it. It will be the Ravens and the Jets – from MetLife Stadium, which I still call the Meadowlands, on Sunday, September 11th. And we'll be back with the show again next week, previewing the home opener when the Ravens will host the Miami Dolphins. And Daniel Wilcox will talk then about your experience coming out of the tunnel and what that is like for a player coming out of the tunnel in a home opener because it's something many, many of us will never understand. For Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smoke. I want to thank you for listening to Believe in the Ravens, presented by Bet Online.